bow our heads this morning. Heavenly Father, we're grateful to be in the house of the Lord. We're grateful for your mercies to us, O oh Lord, to the children of God, to the believers in Kelowna, Lord, to the many others in different places this morning, different ones in different places. But Lord, we're here and you're here. And we're asking you that you would just come and presence yourself among us. We're grateful, Lord, in this last day. Lord, as the earth is groaning, as there are fires and earthquakes and floods and rains and hurricanes, all in diverse places, seems with increasing frequency. And Lord, we're here, but Father, we ourselves are groaning. We want to get back to that condition that we ought to be in. Lord, the ought to be condition. Father, we're groaning for that. Lord, I pray this morning you'd minister to us. Lord, minister us in spirit and in truth, O oh Father. Lord, I pray your blessing yet today on Brother Moses, who's also ministering, Brother John tonight. But now, Lord, for these few moments as we focus, thank you for the message. Thank you for a messenger that told it straight, told it true. And Lord, we want to find ourselves identifying with that. Thank you for the songs that were sung, the special this morning. Thank you for everyone that's here. We could pray and ask your blessing on the word, on each need. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'll invite you to go directly to the word this morning. We'll go to Hebrews chapter 1. We'll read the first three verses, and then we'll read a couple of verses from Genesis. I won't keep you standing very long. Hebrews chapter 1. I want to follow through with a little bit of the thought we took last week on being identified or finding our, identifying with our position in Christ. But this morning, I'd like to speak on the expressed image identified in you. And it's, it's not just us identifying in Him, saying we're in Him, saying we are, but it's Him identifying in us. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, God who at sundry times in a diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by His Son, whom He hath appointed heir of all things, by whom he also made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Genesis 1, we'll read from verse 26 and just 27, two verses there. And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. 
God bless his word. You may have your seats. I'm going to jump right into it. Just move along as I can quickly this morning. From the message, oneness, the prophet would speak, the first man and first woman in the Garden of Eden were in perfect harmony with God. And he said God would come down and speak lip to ear with Adam and Eve. That was perfect oneness. God and his creation. God and his family in perfect harmony. God and his family were one. Any man and his family, a correct, good, noble, obedient family, is one with another, any family. And, there's, and if there's something in that family that moves them apart, then it's not right. The family's broken somewhere. They should be all one, father with mother, mother with father, children with parent, parent with children, all in one agreement and when you see that, you see one lovely picture. I'm going to relate a lot of the natural and the spiritual together today, so you just stay with me a little bit. But there's more pressure on us in this age than ever before for these words to be fulfilled. There's more pressure between husband and wife, between the roles that we are to fulfill that are in the image of God. There's more pressure between parents and children. And there's more pressure on every hand. And it's brought to us by the society, and I will say Satan's Eden around us. God's purpose was to be one with his family, his earthly family. And the only way they could be one was because God's nature was in them. And when God's nature was in them, then they became all one. Now, we, we, that's why the new birth is critical. You can reform somebody. They can sit in church. You can have children that grow up. They can be obedient, but that will only take you so far. The new birth will bring you into harmony with God. The most miserable person is the person that's sitting in church because they have to be there or because they know they should be there. But when you actually yield and let go and have the nature of God, uh, serving God is unending. It's limitless. You say, why did I wait so long to surrender to him? But that's God's desire. He would go on to say, no, uh, let me just jump along. The only gr grounds of fellowship that God has ever laid down by, for himself and his church is the oneness of himself in the people. That's the only grounds of fellowship. And when you unite with your husband, the woman to her husband, it's a vow till death. And when you unite with God, it's the same thing that the church united with Christ until death do we part? Now, I could take many thoughts out of that, but I'm, I'm going to try and move this along a little bit. And I, I'm going to just, uh, uh, I've been reading a little bit out of oneness, but I want to read one more here now, and I'm just going to start to make a bit of a distinction very quickly. He says, in Genesis 1, verse 27, he created man, male and female, created he them. So that's, that is male and female. Now that was in, in a theophany being, 
male and female. But it says, he says, both male and female, when it came to being in the spirit of feminish and masculine, and then God took from his side a rib. So within that being, there was a oneness that was there, but God separated the feminish part from the masculine part, not to be separate, but to still work in harmony one with another. And he says, what a great picture. He says, he says we in flesh are different, but in the spirit we are sons and daughters, not in some other spirit, but the spirit of the living God. Now, as I move a little bit along here, and as I said, I want to relate this to both masculine and feminine. And, and I would say, if you're here and you're just looking at the news of the day and you're looking at what the world around expects of a man and expects of a woman or expects, and I'm just going to stick to man and woman and not all the other designations that the world has for people. And I, because that's what God did and that's still what God wants today. So I, we're going to look at it, and if you're just looking at the world around us, what I'm going to say today is going to seem old-fashioned, but it's the truth. It's the only way. It's God's way, and we want God's way, so I want to be straight this morning because I believe God wants us to be straight this morning. A marriage works when two compatible natures come together, masculine and feminine, and each have a role, then there's harmony, then there's cohesion, that's God's way. We're living in an age of gender confusion. And it, it's creating confusion, and I'm, I'm saying these things not that, 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 that it's just out there, but they're pressing in around us. The culture is pressing around us, not just naturally, but spiritually. The world has become feminine. That's the truth. It's a woman's age. If you're, if you're just listening to this, and this may, may come out of left field, if you're listening to the message, this ought to be amen inside of you. The world is becoming effeminate. And it, it is turning to where men are not men anymore, and where women are not women anymore. But God expects it to be so. And these things influence even us. Not just naturally, not just in your mind, but spiritually. So let me, let me I'm not going to make apologies, by the way, for what I'm going to say. I'm going to say it, and I just trust that you'll amen it because it's the truth of God. It's not just, the, and I, I would just say, next week, the Lord willing, I've been doing some studying, and I, I'm going I'm to take a little bit of a journey with all of you. On, on how we've got to where we've got to because Satan's devices are so subtle, so, so, so just little things he brings in and before we know it, everything's changed. And he's still working right now, but God is working. And, I, and we would be swept up with Sodom and Gomorrah, but God left a seed. God sent Elijah. God sent a word that is straight, that cuts, that shapes, that still changes our attitudes. And sometimes we just want it to be, Lord, let me see it as, the, as you see it, and let me stay with that. 
There's a darkness upon the, the world. It's on the human spirit. There's a perversion. And you, you, they, even the homosexual community, they can say we're two of one kind. But if you look at those two of one kind, one adopts a male or a authoritative role and one adopts a submissive role. You can't get away from it no matter what you do. And I'm not even going to get into all the other things, the, the trans movements and and the cross-gender, and, and even becoming animals and all kinds of things. Listen, I'm not getting into that today. we got enough to deal with just with this. But in the message, the marriage of the Lamb, Brother Branham says this. Adam was both Adam and Eve, spiritually speaking. The first man was a dual person. And he says, and God is a spirit, and when he put them in the flesh, he separated them. He took the masculine spirit, and he put it in the man, and he taken the feminine spirit, and he put it in a woman. And when Adam came, why are we not a denomination? And when Adam came, and he looked lonesome, so he took a rib out of his side, made Eve a byproduct, he taken that feminine spirit out of Adam, and he put it in a woman, the love spirit, the feminish, the kind, the gentle, and he left the masculine spirit in Adam. Now, if there's anything different, there's a perversion somewhere. And they two were one. So I'm, I'm always going to come back to that because the two are one. Okay, and that's, that's the way it is. Let me, let me go just to one more here. Satan's Eden, and God made man a man. He made woman a woman, and he dressed them different, and he meant for them to stay that way. Now, what I'm, what I'm really going to focus on a little bit here today is sometimes we measure the, the message by what we see on the outside. We measure um, men by how men dress. We measure women by how women dress. Do they have a, a dress that's the right length? Do they, do they conform to the standard? But the standard is not just what our eyes see. It's a spirit that's behind it. And there has to be a spirit behind every one of us this morning, not just to do what we have to conform to, but it's in our heart by the new birth. And it's God that put it in my heart. And if we find ourselves being moved one way or the other, we say, Lord, thank you for a message that told it straight and that we can hear it straight. Now, so, so as we talk that way, he dressed them different, and he meant for them to stay that way and to act that way. One is feminish, the other is masculine. Now, in the spirit realm, and, and, and I, Brother Andrew ministered something on, on Wednesday that just opened a thought, which was maybe two services away, but I'll come to it, but... We are coming to a fullness of the manifestation of these spirits. Now, the, this, there's a spirit associated with everything. I, I believe it was in one place where Brother Branham would say, spirits travel, evil spirits travel on the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. 
Now, those words are true. They're in the Bible. But when they're misrepresented, evil spirits travel on those. And if there's ever been a message or if there's ever been an age where we have got a window through a prophet, through the eagle eye of God, to see what's in the other realm. Now, I I won't have time this morning, but when he sometimes begins to see and he begins to speak about demon spirits, whether they're diseases, whether it's epilepsy, whether it's cancer, and and he begins to associate characteristics with them. And, and, and those demons, he says, I see them going. I see them calling. Uh, you know, he says, one's got long hair. If we could see that, it would scare us. And, and just because we can't see it, we need to recognize the characteristics associated when these spirits manifest themselves. And we need to recognize them, not, not just out in the world, but also in us, and to continually check up, and to see it in one another, as, as parents of our children, and, and to see these things because it's a spirit battle that we're in. So in the spirit realm, and, 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 and Brother Branham would, would, would talk about it in, in, the, in, in the spirit realm that we're in. He would say this, notice a germ... We take a cancer. What is it? It's a growth. It's a tumor. What are these? These are, 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 are multiplication of cells, but it starts with one cell that is backslidden. In the Garden of Eve, in the Garden of Eden, Eve just took one word of God and began to doubt it, and that was a backslidden state, and it eventually led to her thinking being completely changed. Now, how are we ever going to come back? The prophet would say, how are we ever going to come back unless we agree with all the word? Now, this is more than your brain will take, but, it, but if you're born into a body, you're born into the spirit of God, you have a nature that's associated with you to want to agree with the word, even when your brain, when society, when culture tells you everything different. Oh, that's, that's our identification with, with Christ. So he will say, this starts with a germ, and he says there's only two resources. Now he says, sorry, I missed a part here. And he says, below that germ, we can look with a microscope, but below that it's got a life, it moves, it's got life in it. What's below that in the germ? It becomes spirit. Now there's only two resources that spirits come from. It's either God or the devil. There's no halfway between them. There is no halfway Christian, he would say. There's no halfway drunk. You, feel, you can be feeling good, but you're, you're either under the influence or you're not under the influence. And, and he would say, and that's what I like about full gospel businessmen. You put the line down and you're on one side or the other. Now, if you're born again, you're either born again or you're not born again. If I'm born again, I'm a human. If I'm born, I'm a human. If I'm born again, I'm a Christian, he would say. Now, we are pilgrims and we're strangers. And, and Brother Brandon would talk about his wife and he says they would go and they would, they would travel through the land and, and say, you know, we're Americans. And he'd say, no, we're not Americans. 
And if we're Canadian, if, you, if you're born in America, you might say, well, we're Americans. No, he says, we're not. We're not? Well, we're, well, I'm from Canada. We're Canadians? No, we're not. We're born from another place. Therefore, don't get too attached to your culture. Don't get too attached to, to wherever you're born from. If it's, if it's Trinidad or it's, it's Congo or it's, or it's India or, or wherever it is or German or whatever it is, don't get too attached to it. Christians are born from another place. They're influenced from another place. The spirit that you're under, the spirit you give yourself to, when you listen to a tape, when you come to church, when you kneel in prayer, there's a spirit that's attached to what you're receiving. That spirit will bring you into union with Jesus Christ. That's what it's designed to do in this end. Now, he says, we, our spirits, are born from above the land we come from, the nature and the habits of that land is holiness, cleanliness, godliness. And it says, cause your soul, it causes your soul and your spirit, it motivates you, it makes you what you are. You'll never be able to just join churches to get that out of you. You'll be a church member no matter what people make fun of you or whatever it is. You're born from above. You're a new creature in Christ. That's why you act different. That's why you do things different. And he says, now, I'm just coming to a little bit more, and then I need to just take, take some thoughts that, that are going to get more down home here. Now, he says this, Christ, the mystery of God revealed. But when Christ is identified in you, identifying himself, then you are Christ-like. It's not what you say, it's what he does in you. Now he says, that is your identification. That we should be identified with him by living for him. The token is the word identified in you. He interprets your life by the word. Then he takes your word and what you are and identifies his word through there. That doesn't need any interpretation it's already what it is. Let's go um, with this thought to Deuteronomy chapter 22. Let's use a few scriptures. This is down home. This is home cooking. This is nothing fancy. This is, this is exactly what a diet that we need to, to sustain ourselves. Lord, feed your children this morning is my prayer. Deuteronomy 22, and this is very common, verse 5. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all that do so are an abomination unto the Lord thy God. Amen. Now, because we live in what's called a woman's age, I will say one side of this is much more common to us, and the other side seems so far out there, although that's changing too. The world has slowly changed. Women that used to wear dresses have changed to, over time to slacks, to shorts, to, to now it's like skin-tight things that resemble undergarments, and they wear that everywhere, and it's... What used to be horrifying to wear it in public is commonplace. 
what used to not be appropriate to wear it into the business world is just commonplace. So, so it, it would be a strange thing for you to somewhere say, you know, uh, you know is, is you're in a place, well, I believe you should wear a dress to work. You know, that, you'd almost be looked on, who are you, where did you come from? Like that's what the world has come to. Now you'd have no trouble saying that to a man, or you used to have no trouble saying that to a man. You, it, it, this, is, this is how perverted the world is getting to. You know, you wouldn't have to put down a dress coat, and men, you, sh- you can't wear dresses to work. Like, like they, they'd all look at you. You know, my, my wife and I was out, about a year ago at this time, we went just out to Vancouver Island, and we, we drove a little bit around. We went to a market. It was really nice, and there was a coffee shop there, and we thought, we'll just go in the coffee shop, and we'll just slip in. I took two steps in, and I walked right back out because I saw the waiter with his mustache and beard wearing a dress. And I said, I'm not, I'm not having that coffee. That's all I can say. Amen. Listen, that's the world that we're in. Now, if one is an abomination, they both are an abomination. But everywhere we look, there's every advertisement. There's everything that grows up, and we're influenced by it. Now, it's not just the dress, but it's to wear something that's similar to a man. Or that takes you outside of the zone of the spirit of a masculine and the spirit of a feminine. So that's, that's the world that we're in. So it would say, all that do so are an abomination to the Lord thy God. Now, I, I want to say it this way. The world has become feminine. I, I, I'm not going to, if I accidentally step on your toes, I'm not trying to do this, but I'm just saying, this is the culture that we've grown up in. I, I grew up in the 1960s and the culture I grew in as far as music was the Beach Boys was going down to the beach and wearing shorts. And it wasn't shorts that were down to your knees. Back then the shorts were shorts. Don't even think about it. Back in that, that's the age I grew up in. <laughs> Brother Mark, you're laughing. You know that too, don't you? And that's the age I grew up in. Well, I played sports in shorts. I thought that was common. And only after I start listening, I, I started to feel uncomfortable. What was it? it was, my brain was telling me, what's wrong with that? That's what I grew up with. But the spirit that was coming upon me and the spirit that came upon me caused me to change on the outside. It caused me to take even my haircut, which was a feminine haircut, and I'll just say it like it is. I parted it a certain way. It came out of a culture of the world. It wasn't a godly one. And I would say, that's the way I measure everything. What's the spirit behind it? Friends, like, I, you, you can't find a quote for everything that is in fashion in the world. Hey, fashion has made man's pants slender. I'm dealing with men today. Is that okay? Hey, let's step up. Men first, okay? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll leave the sisters out of it so much today, but I say... Makes it slender. And then, you know, and it's harder as you get older and, you know, you've had a few meals under your belt to get the slender or modern fit to fit. <laughs> so, you know, you're looking for, oh, sir, they see me, they see me, you know, coming into the store. Oh, sir, you're over in this section over here. Yes, I know, thank you. But, but listen, it's, it's changed. 
and there's spirits associated. There's spirits associated with the colors, with hairdos. Oh my goodness, how am I getting onto all of this today? Okay, I, I'm just going to tell it like it is. I said I'm, I'm not going to make apologies. I, 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 I've joked around about, I, I watch some basketball and I look at these basketball stars. Inevitably, they're all wearing earrings or some kind of nose piercings or tattoos or, or all kinds of things that are a product of the world. And then they come and they got hairstyles. And their hairstyles have got dreadlocks or whatever they call it or it's like shaved tight and it sprouts out like, like a, some kind of a, a plant. You know, and I've, I've said it's like a mop. And I feel like t- taking those guys and, and turning them upside down, dipping their head in a pail and sweeping the floor up with them. Because it fits the image. Now, I thought that was funny that I, I came up with it. But you know what? It's in the message. Can I read it for you? This, this, is, this, is, this is Brother Branham talking about it here. And he's saying... Okay, now I better find it here. Make, make, make sure I've got it. Oh, okay, here. So this is in the message, Rejected King. And Brother Branham relates it to Israel coming to Samuel and saying, we've looked at the Philistines, we've looked at the Amalekites, and we want to be like them. And we want a king. And he says, it's about the same today. You let some, the world start a certain fashion or some fad and all the people, even many of the Christians want to do the same thing. Now, there's a balance here, okay? It doesn't mean that everything's evil and just because the world, no, you, you know, you don't have to dress like you came out of the 50s. You know, because like I'm just saying, but there is a standard that's becoming to a Christian that emanates something. It emanates holiness. It emanates masculinity. It emanates femininity when it's required. There's a spirit behind these things. Now he says, you let the boys start cutting their hair a certain way, and all the boys want to do it. It gets out today, they let their hair grow out real big, and it looks like a duck or something sitting on the top of their head. Hey, I love the message. I love the message. It's true. It's the Spirit of God to the age. And it says, and I believe if I was a woman, a girl, and a boyfriend of mine did that, I'd set him down and shave his hair off. Oh, that's wonderful. Some of us don't have that problem. Brother Ed, you don't have that problem. You're okay. You're you're, you're already set. (laughs) And he says, now, maybe the woman is so masculine till she wants something feminish. Oh, my goodness. Okay, while I'm here and I'm in trouble anyway, let's just do it. A long time ago, there was a little girl at the tabernacle. She's a sweet little girl, a Christian girl. She was running around with some little old boy who packed a flask in his pocket and smoked cigarettes. I couldn't see nothing in that boy myself. I tried for two or three years to get him to be a Christian, and he wouldn't do it. Sister, what do you see in that boy? And this is the answer she gave. Brother Branham, 
He's got such cute little feet, and he smells so good. Oh, my goodness. I thought, what a way to pick a husband. I'd rather marry a man that had feet like a boxcar and smelled like a polecat if he was a Christian, as long as he was a Christian. (laughs) Oh, my. By the blood of Christ we're saved. He'll make a man out of you. He'll make a gentleman of you. Not by just outwardly appearance, but it's by the heart. Oh, friends, he says, we had a good old-fashioned church, they tell me. When the people got together, they sang praises, they shouted, oh, it's fading away. It's time to get back to those days when God will bless us. Listen, it's getting bad when we have to apologize in the pulpit, and I don't want to apologize, and I'm not going to apologize, and I'm going to say it like it was. I'm going to say it like the prophet did. I'm going to say it like Brother Harold did it, because it's the truth, and we need to hear it. That's what God has put in our hearts, and it ought to be in our hearts. While we're in this vein, he says it again. When man was created, God separated his spirit. He took the feminish, dainty spirit of the man and made a woman out of it. He made the man masculine, burly. And when you see a man, you know, manicuring or whatever you call it, his fingernails, you know, four on one side and five on the other, slicking his hair down, holding his mouth open in front, that was what Elvis used to do. And he says, one of these pretty boys, remember, sis, there's something wrong with that bird. Keep your eye on him. There's something wrong with him. Okay, I, I, I can't let it, I got to let this come out slowly. Cause, but I, I, I trust you see where we're going. The, look at where the world is going. It's, it's got to be that if you're a man, you almost have to apologize for being authoritative. But that's the role that God puts you in. Not a brute, not a bully, but authoritative. A masculine man. Somebody who can make a decision. Somebody who can take the leadership. And it doesn't mean that every decision you'll make is right. Many times you'll be wrong. I've been wrong. But it doesn't change God's order. And it doesn't qualify just because you you made three wrong decisions. Now therefore, I'll take charge. No, that's wrong. That's crossing lines just like you see in the world. That has no place in the economy of God. No place in the house of God. Okay, how did I get so distracted here? Hairstyles, that's what it was. At <laughs> yeah. any rate, uh, you see where we're going. See where the world's going. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter 6. Let's read from verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers... For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? Brother Branham, 
Should we keep our children in Christian company? Questions and answer. Yes, do it as long as you can. Do it as long as you can. And, and I would say, young people, respect your parents. God, God gave you them. Let's, let's, it's, it's not just rules, it's top down. They love and care for you. And, then, and I, I, had, I say this to myself, I was a young man that grew up in the message. And I thought, why did I get, why was I in this home? Why? And we had to, we, my, my parents were separated and we had to walk. At that point, Brother Alphonse Palberg had a church five blocks from us and we, we walked Sunday mornings to go to church and I was just praying that nobody was up to see me walking to church with my, with my family. But I thank God for today. Friends, it was the grace of God that he put me in that home. Oh, and I thank God for today. If we could see that, friends, it's the grace of God that he's put you where you're at. So he says here, What communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial? What part has he that believeth with an infidel? What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. What is it? A temple to be a man. A temple to be a woman. Not something between. Not, you know, like, uh, let me stay on course here. And he says, I will dwell with them, as God has said, I will dwell with them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come you out from among them. Be you separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and you will be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let's cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. You know what's really good to do sometimes? Put a tape on. Listen to Jezebel religion. Listen to something that the prophet does and, or a deceived church by the world talking to his own tabernacle. Branham Tabernacle, the Philistines are on you. Anti-message Tabernacle, you're not immune. The devil's trying to creep in. And he starts by creeping into our spirits, in our minds, in our thinking. Your children are not immune. Mothers and, and, and wives are not immune. Fathers and, 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 and husbands are not immune. And I will say even... Leadership roles such as officers and, and ministers are not immune. I want to bring a balance today. It's not just hammer down approach. It's, it's leadership with the masculine touch. Not a brute touch, not a bully touch, a masculine touch. Because God made it that way. And if whatever side you're on, if you're a brother, you're a sister and you got the Spirit of God in you, you will say amen. Not because you're being forced to, but because the Spirit in you is saying, yes, that's exactly where I see myself. Brother Branham would talk about separators. He would say of 
the Sumerian church age, they were, the Ephesian age started to decline. They started to think more of what the world thought of them than what God thought of them. And they started to, God ordained his people to act different from the world. He doesn't want you to look like the world. And don't act like the world. They are crucified unto the world. And the world is crucified unto them. He said, you take Israel. The one difference between Israel and the rest of the nations was God. Put God to one side and Israel was like any other nation. When Samson cut his hair off, he was like any other man. Put the leadership of the Holy Ghost aside and the church is nothing but the world with God's name attached to it. Oh, lead us, Lord. Lead me, oh, Lord. Lead my home. Lead my family. Lead me that I may be pleasing to you, oh, Lord. That we may be pleasing. That we may hate the things of the world. That we may love the things of the God. That we wouldn't mix the two together in any way. It doesn't matter if you call yourself Christian. Anyone can do it. The point is whether or not you have the Spirit of God in you, for without the Spirit, you're a reprobate. Amen. Thank you for the amens. It's the truth. In the message, Shalom, we talked about the clothes that men and women wear. Brother Branham begins to identify it not just as clothes, but a spirit attached to it. In the message, Shalom, he says, you see a, a young man out here, a fine, big, fine-built fellow with his hair, and he curls it up like the women do, and leotards on, and a big, long sweater hanging on, and purple shoes. Masculine? Question mark. Oh, my, what a horrible thing to call a man. What a thing to call a man. You know, the, the, the rest of this quote, I never maybe finished it, but when we talked about the hair, and, and Brother Branham would say, he says that it's like a duck on top and a big, long thing sticking out in the back. I never seen such an outfit in my life. And I seen some preachers like that what in the world is this coming to? After a while, you'll have a beatnik pastor if you don't watch out what you're doing. That's the truth. I searched it out, and there's pastors that have these dreadlocks. They're well-known pastors in the secular church world. And the secular church world has become feminine. Oh, I thank God for a man of God in this age. And, 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 we'll, and you know what? People will make excuses for him. Don't make excuses for the message. It is life to us. God knew what that man would go through. Oh, because Brother Branham had a rough upbringing, that's why he hates women. No, he didn't hate women. If there's ever a man that could tell it straight and be gentle with a woman, it was the prophet of this hour. That's our example. That's how we ought to be. He wasn't a bully. He, 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 didn't, he didn't push his weight around, no. He spoke as the Spirit of God spoke through him. 
Oh God, help us to find our position. Help us to find our place and the spirit to work in it the right way. The world, what we see naturally is happening spiritually too. And it's not just out there. It wants to come in here. Let me finish here in, in the message, Shalom. What a horrible thing to call a man. You see some woman is supposed to be daintish, lovely, come out with a pair of man's trousers on, a cigarette in her mouth, bobbed hair. What a thing to call a woman. Now he, he, he's talking outside, but now he takes it inside. There seems to be something among men Men don't seem to have that masculine touch that he used to have. Women don't have the feminist touch she used to have. You take a man today, men don't seem to be burly like they used to be. They want to wear suede shoes with purple. They want to act like women. I, I, I just... I'll say it. I don't even know what the movie's about. I don't know, and I don't want to know. But there's some kind of movie about Barbie. And when you see the leader of our country dressed in pink with his son dressed in pink going to a Barbie movie, there's something wrong. I'm just going to say it. I, I, I know this is being streamed, but I've I got to say it. That's where the world is at. He says, now it seems to be more or less like a perversion. A woman wants to cut off her hair and act like a man, and a man wants to act like a woman. See, you can talk to them. They're nice people to talk to, nice people, friendly, sociable people, What's caused this? It's gross darkness upon the people. Something has pressed them into it. Oh, my. My, my, my. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. It's, as I said, if this seems archaic, let's, let's just go back to the scriptures. Let's go into the message. Because without this, without this message, we're going to get swallowed up by the world around us. Genesis 3, this is very, very common. We would know it. And God addresses the serpent. He addresses the woman. He addresses the man. But I'll skip the serpent for right now. He says in verse 16, Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth thy children, bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. I'll, I'll bring it next week a little bit. I, I've, maybe we, in the message we've gone through, you know, we, we've, maybe this has been abused or misused, but it's still the truth. Maybe sometimes men have gone too far. 
And I say, God will correct us if we've gone too far. Because the woman is not a doormat. She's the queen of the home. And she needs to be respected. And she needs to be put up on a pedestal. And, and that needs to be the forefront of our thinking. And to be masculine is, is, is not, not to, to just put them down. No, that's, that, that's wrong. And maybe that's happened around the message. And maybe somebody's been scarred by that. And when they're scarred, it makes them afraid to be able to accept that authority again. But it's still the Bible. And say, God, give us grace. Your desire as a woman would be to your husband. That would be your desire. But the world with all its culture, and and the Lord willing, I'll take you into a journey. But even Brother Branham began to identify the spirits of the world around him. He would talk about a television show called I Love Lucy. He called it I Love Susie. But we know the story. But in the story, it was about a woman who had a husband that was portrayed as inferior. And it began to be a put-down. And she was the laughing, joking woman, but the husband was weaker and was portrayed at that. And, And he says people would stay home from church on Wednesday to watch that. Can I ask you what kind of spirit was influencing those homes? Because you might think, whatever I watch, it's not going to hurt me. It hurts you. It penetrates you. It comes into you. It starts to affect your thinking. You might say, well, I can watch it once. Well, you can watch it once. But how many times did, did the serpent come to Eve to break the bubble that she lived in? May have been hundreds, may have been thousands of times, but finally it changed her thinking. And, and these things have changed the thinking of a society all around us. And, and it's, brought, it's brought an inequality, it's brought confusion. Men don't know who men are, women don't know who women are, and children are being raised with this. Let me read you some stats. And, and, and these are real, and, they're, and they're, they're taken off of here. And I'm, I'm just going to read them, but I, I, I need to just, just share them. What we have in society is an all-out attack on fathers, on manhood, and on masculinity. The attack comes from a society that has is at war with our foundational institutions. Now, I, I'm, I'm going to just bring something out. It started a couple of years ago, and it would start, and it has no place in a church. And it was a movement. There, there's what's called the Me Too movement. And what happened to some of those was not right. There was also the Black Lives Matter movement. Listen, I will say all lives matter. Not just black lives. But it's easy for us to get swept. If, if you're in that group, it's easy to get swept up into that. And I looked at this whole movement and, and it was starting to rise up maybe even in a church circle a little bit. And, and I'm going, listen, we, we don't have an attitude against that. We don't. I, 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 my, my, some of my dearest friends are our are, are, are brethren overseas and that I, I will call pillars and I love them, and I respect them, and just because we have a different skin color. But I looked at the Black Lives Movement, and if you looked at their foundation and their principles, 
They were against the nuclear family. They were, they were committed to destroying that. Oh, it looked like a good thing. And we jump on board and we don't even know what it is. This is society that we live in. This is the world that we live in. Listen, I'm not, I'm trying, not trying to make it quiet here. I'm just trying to tell the truth. It says, the role of dad is the heroic role we all play as men. It's something we need to celebrate. However, in this Sodom culture, it's not celebrated. Masculinity is a concept that has been minimized and relegated to the realm of toxicity. Who are you to exalt yourself? Who are you to say something on your wife's behalf? This is the world. Friends, it's not going to get better. I'm telling you this for, for something. Let's settle in our hearts. I am here to defend my wife, not to take her away her rights. I'm here to speak for my children. I'm here for the church. Listen, that perversion can even slip into the role of a pastor or to the role of a minister where we can start to exercise an undue authority. We're servants, but neither are we submissive in the sense of, well, whatever you want, I'll do. No, we've got a role, we've got a, a something we've got to uphold, we've got something we've got to stand for, and I say, let's say amen to God's program, to God's economy. Dads have been downsized during the assault in recent days, or recent decades, rather. Not physically, necessarily. But with tragic results for families and children in America right now. One in four American children, nearly 20 million, are raised in a home without a father or a father figure, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. In 1960, that figure was one in ten. Now it's one in four. Children without fathers, the data shows, are more likely than children who have a father at home to suffer substance abuse, commit gun or other crimes, or to be abused or neglected at home. Fatherless children are twice as likely to drop out of school or die in infancy, four times more likely to suffer poverty. Girls without fathers are seven times more likely to become pregnant as teenagers. Does a father make a difference? Amen. Can I be a better father? Amen. Can I be a better leader? Amen. How do you do that? Stay in your lane. Stay in your God-ordained role. Ask God for wisdom for your home. Ask God for wisdom in how to deal with not just a young boy or a son, but also your daughter. Because there's different ways of dealing with them. Ask God for these things. And it said, the men and the role of fatherhood are marginalized. Children are often portrayed in society today as a burden or an obstacle to self-fulfillment. Yet God is calling real men to step up to the task. Real fatherhood begins with marriage. And real men who love their wives as their own flesh and give their lives for the family... As the head of their home, they lead the family in godliness and direct them in holiness by their godly example. In this Sodom world, God is calling for men to step up and be men. That is real men, godly men, men with vision and purpose. 
since this day is, so since we, we can say this is a Father's Day message, but we can say it's a Father's Day message every day. It's a Mother's Day message every day. Let's, let's be in the image that God has ordained us to be in. And I believe He has something for us all to be that way. In the adoption message, Brother Branham will say, when you see a man that acts like a sissy, there's something wrong. When you see a woman that wants to act like a man, there's something wrong. See, they're two different spirits, but together they make one unit. Now, if a couple is married, and maybe freshly married is a better example, but, and you ask the sister, say, if your, if your fiancé or your, your husband would come to you and say, you're just my sweetie pie, I love you, you, you always look nice, you smell nice, you, you know, you say all these things, that's, and you ask the sister, and you say, do you like that? Oh, I love that. Are you human here? Is it, is it like, <laughs> listen, you can relax. This is not a trick question. This is not a trick question. You ask that. But now, if you say, now, would you do the same for your husband? Oh, yeah. You're a sweetie. You, you smell nice. You know, you, you always dress so beautiful. That's nice, but that's not really appropriate. That's not how men are built. How'd you like to be the man that goes to work as a laborer and say, here's the sweetie pie coming again? <laughs> no, that's not how we're built. <laughs> you know, in the welding shop, uh, there's the guy in the corner, the sweetie pie, you know, he's got all this. And just, wow, what a he-man. <laughs> no, it's a, different, it's a different level. Men like to be respected. And so, so you, you just say, you know what? I appreciate how you provide. Listen, this will get you a lot of mileage. Honey, are you listening? So, listen. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay, no, no. Just, uh, forget that. Forget that. <laughs> you know, honey, I appreciate the effort you make in, in providing naturally, spiritually, the, the, the way you do things and the way you handle things. I, you know what? You do that a few times, and I'll tell you what. They're willing to go even further for you. Hey, that's the truth. But there's a different way with each other, right? So I don't want to be known as just the sweetie pie, and you look beautiful, and you smell nice, and your feet are not like pole, uh, you don't smell like a polecat, and all that kind of stuff. And vice versa, if you go to your wife, and you just tell your wife, you know, honey, I, I, I like the way you keep the household. I checked that there's no dust under here. I respect what you're doing there. Uh, I'll tell you what, that won't take you very far. And listen, if there's any of you that are thinking that's, that's what it is, come and see me after. we got some marriage counseling to do. Because it's going to take a little bit more than that. You can't just say, I respect you. I, I respect the way that you shift from second to third, and you just gear up, and you don't grind the gears. That, you've learned. No, that, listen, it's a different approach, one with the other. Right? I see some laughing here, like, <laughs> friends, men need to be respected. Amen. That's the way they're built. And men who like to, you know, when men get together, 
You, you just get a couple of men getting together talking about a fishing story. Well, I caught one this and this week. Oh, yeah, well, there was this time I caught this. And not only that, it was dry. Nobody was getting anything. And I pulled the only one out that day. I mean, men just, you know, it, it ups the ante, right? You know, I caught one that was, you know, four inches. <laughs> four inches? What's that? It's between the eyes, buddy. That's how big it was. Four inches between the eyes. <laughs> Listen, that's, that's how men operate. Now, now we're in a culture. You come to the office, and because there's so many women at work, you can't say anything to offend anybody. No, you, you can't. Men, men would come and sit at the table. I'm thinking I'm going to go and, you know, take a chainsaw and knock this down. Are you crazy? That's the stupidest thing. You're going to get killed. You know, and, and this, no, I'm not. I'm gonna, that's the way I'm going to do it. No, so-and-so did. And, and, and somebody goes, what are you guys arguing about? We're just men. We're talking. You're talking. It looks like you're arguing. No, we're just talking. But now, you come into a room, and because of rules and regulations, well, what do you think about that? Well, I think it's this. Well, I think we'll do it the way you said. Is that, is that who we are? Now, now don't, don't go and don't speak like that to your wife, by the way. Um, but I say, that's the world that's changing around us. And we're taught you have to be politically correct. You can't say such and such. And, you know, I, I, I was talking to Brother Jonah one time. And Brother Jonah was a car salesman. And, and, and they had just elected a woman mayor in the city. And they knew he was a Christian. And they said, what do you think about it? <laughs> no, you don't want to know what I think. No, really, what do you think? He says, well, the word of God says that a woman should not be an authority and should not do... Aha! I thought so. Listen, I didn't say it. The word of God said it. Okay, I'm going off track here. Are you still with me here? Does this sound okay? Listen, I, I, I don't want to tiptoe around the devil. I want to stay in my lane. I, I, I want to be a man. I want, to be a, I want us all to be who we ought to be. And, and respect and love one another and, and do the things we ought to do. But it's such an age of gender confusion. And you know what? When that influences us in a spiritual realm, and then we find, you know, men who should be standing up for their home spiritually. Well, instead I'm just going to go gaming for two hours on the computer. Well, that's not the right place to be either. You know what? You suppress a man by femininity too long, and it's not too long he'll be on a game blowing people up. Because it's still in him. <laughs> He's still a man. But that's the twisted version. No, that's, that's not who we are. We need to be circumspect. We need to be leaders. We need to lead in our homes and lead in our churches. And, and, and that doesn't mean just, ah, I'm going to speak with a deeper voice when I come home today. No, that's not what it's about. It's about staying in the place that God wants us to be in. I want to just say this. I appreciate that Brother Harold took this stand over the years. And I, I, I respect that. And I say I, I, I'm grateful I was under that. And it also allowed me in both, not just natural but also spiritual roles that the two have to work together. And I say there's pressure on us to cater, to back down. And in doing that, and I'll, I'll come to it, but there's also pressure on our sisters. Hey, he's not doing what he ought to do. Therefore, I have a right. No, you don't have a right. And I'm not putting you down. 
You need to talk in the home. You need to work these things together. And even within the church, I believe our sisters have a voice within the church. But it's, it's not, it's not self-proclaimed. It's, it's done in a certain way. I trust this is balanced this morning. Your desire shall be unto him, Genesis 3, verse 16. When somebody asks you, where do you get off on doing... It's in the Bible. I'm just trying to follow what God said. Amen. Your desire shall be, he shall rule over thee. It's still God's way. And I, I want to come to this in a future service because we all, he is all, and we are the female spiritually. So we also need to have a submissive role to him. We don't tell him what to do. He alone is God. He alone is everything. And we need to find ourselves in that, in that place. 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. We've got another 10, 15 minutes. We'll, as I said, I'm going to carry this over into next week too. But I trust this is good today. 1 Peter. Let's read this in verse 1. This will touch a little bit into the role that we have. Even wives and husbands. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. When I, when, I, when I bring, I'm going to bring a PowerPoint next week. When I bring that, conversation is not just posts. It's not just um, putting things out there, but it, it's, it's in the way it's done. Because the next verse says, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. I think there's a, it's the same way that we as ministers need to be, or we as heads of homes need to be. There needs to be a measure of humility, of understanding who's before us. Your, your wife is a daughter of God. The congregation before me is the purchase of the blood of Jesus Christ. Far be it from me to put something on that's of me. I... I, in fear and in trembling, I say, Lord, let me address your people in the role that you've called me to do and in the way that will encourage them to live higher with you. So it says, let the wives, sorry, let, let, let them be won by the conversation of the wives while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. So it's, it's talking now about a spirit that's within, but now it reflects on the outside. Whose adorning, let it not be the outward adorning of plating the hair or of wearing of gold or of putting on apparel. So there, there's a grace by which, which the woman, natural, wears and 
and conducts herself. There's a grace by with which the bride conducts herself. And he says now, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. I, I will say that was the first attraction I had for my wife. And it still is. And I believe it's the attraction that Jesus Christ has to godly women and the bride of Christ. Which is in the sight of God a great price. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, adorned themselves. Now it's not talking natural. Being in subjection unto their own husband. Remember what I said from the beginning. The two work together as one unit. If there's not a place for the wife to be able to talk to the husband, that's not operating as one unit. If there's, if there's no place for a voice even within the framework of the church, that's not operating as one unit. So, so there needs to be, it's not a top-down authoritative approach. It, it's a recognition. We've got an issue. You know, it's, it's like a, a child may come and you know, as a child grows up and maybe, you know, as you come in, let's call it a, a male child in particular, comes in and at a certain time because he's growing into masculinity, he will start to assert uh, or start to bring out his manhood at at. Whatever age that starts to be, 13, 14, 15, I'm just saying. Because it's in him. So you can't, and in doing that, he may challenge even the mother. And, you know, it's important to let that grow, but it's also important not to cross the line. That's where dad has to be a part of it. So, so here, mom... You know, let's just not leave it to boys, but boys and girls. Mom, I, I, I want to go to this and this event, or they're all wearing this and this, and how come I can't, and how come I can't participate? And, and then, well, you know, and mom will be there, and she'll say, well, I, you know what, um, I, I would like to. Everybody's doing it. I'm the only one. And now emotion has entered in. And she's going, oh, yeah, but here, here's the role of a real mother. Why don't you go talk to your father? She empathizes. She cares. He knows she cares. And, and then comes to the father. Hey, dad, everybody's going out and doing this. And the dad may not answer the same as the mother. He might say, are you crazy? No, that, he, that might be. And you know what? That's, that's talk between men and boys. Sometimes, what are you doing? You're breeding some masculinity into the boy. You're bringing it into them in a level that they can respect it. Well, now what if the dad would ask, 
you know, I, I really feel with your mother. And we, we think we, we could let you do it with these. No, that's not what God has called us to. In a home, there's a mother, there's a father. Each has a different role. We respect that. So sometimes a mother, and she'll get a challenge, she'll do it. Listen, talk to your father. The father recognizes, likely talk with the two, then work together on the situation. It, it, we need to work as one. The family needs both sides. It just doesn't need a father, you know, just to bonk him over the head all the time. Father also needs to be, and listen, fathers, you can't talk to your daughters about like that, by the way. You need to have, sometimes when my daughter was growing, and, and, and I would tell my wife something, and she would convey it to my, my daughter. I would say, this is how I feel about this, and she would do it. So it, it's about growing into our position. I, 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 listen, I'm, I'm not going to stop at this service today. I'll, I'll Lord willing, I'll go a little further. But I think we need it. Because if, if we don't, you know, we can spend, you know, the message says this, do this, but we want to show is the spirit behind it. The role that we operate in, and if we can get into the right spirit, we'll all be able to cooperate with each other better. And hopefully, will lead each other into Christ in a greater and greater way. I think that's a good goal. Fathers, you know, it would, it would say, you know, don't discourage your children. In other words, you got a big mouth sometimes, zip it once in a while. Pray about it before you speak. I've, I've spoken too quickly sometimes, and I hurt my children, or I hurt my wife. I admit it. I, I may have done that in the pulpit. I, I try not to, but I, I, I may have done that. But I'll say, I'll go back on my knees and I'll repent and I'll pray and I'll say, Lord, yeah, I want to be better about this next time. How many men do we have here? How many will say, Lord, make me more of a man. Give me more of a masculine spirit. Don't give me a brute spirit. Don't give me a macho spirit. Give me a masculine spirit. And then sisters will say, yes, let me be the feminine part of that man and of Christ. I believe that's where we want to go. That's our position. Listen, the world does not have this position. My wife volunteered for school, and she, she would help there because our kids were in school, and she would be there, and she would help things. Even after she came back to volunteer later, I mean, this was what was called a Logos program. It was a religious program with, well, it had religious undertones in the public school system, but it had gotten so bad. Friends, we're not going to fix the world around us. It's going a certain way. But we also have dominion over what God has given us. Just as much as we can get on our knees and pray, Lord, protect those homes in Kelowna, from the fire that is coming. So we can pray, Lord, protect my children from evil spirits. Protect my home from the influences of the world through advertising, through music, through friendships, through associations. Let my home be ruled by God. Let us take our position as godly men, as godly women. I, I believe that's finding our position 
And I say this, you put yourself in a position where God can deal with us accordingly. And it'll reflect spiritually, like naturally and spiritually. I, I won't move too far because I'll leave that. I'm just about at the end here. Let's go to go. Let's just go to Ephesians. Uh, sorry. I, I'm going to jump to one scripture I never go. You go with me for a moment. 2 Kings chapter 2. I, I realize I, I didn't even get to the last page of my notes, but that's okay. I'm not going to keep you. 2 Kings chapter 2. Let's go to verse 23. This is Elisha, a prophet of God. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I've just touched on this. I haven't gone as far as I could today. But. And it says, And he went up from thence unto Bethel, and as he was going by the way, there came forth little children out of the city, and they mocked him and said unto him, Go up, thou bald head. Go up, thou bald head. And he turned back and looked on them, and cursed them in the name of the Lord. And there came forth two she-bears out of the wood, and tear forty and two children of them. Now let me just take a couple of things for this. First of all, those children did not learn what they said when they mocked Elisha. They did not learn that in school. They learned that at the home. They learned that at the dinner table. There must have been some discussions or some questions. Ah, oh, what do you think about this situation? And it began to be discussed, and it, it not, did not give proper respect to God's office. So, and it was done in such a way that this, the parents who maybe doubted that Elijah had been translated and made fun of it, even in the message. Even in the message. And what did they do? Casual conversation around the dinner table, and it led to that spirit jumping on their children. And their children heard it, and they thought it's all right to make fun of God's prophet. It's not all right. Oh, friends, I, 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 there's a part of me, I, it's not today's message, but there's a part of me is this message is God's message. It's not ours to comment on. It's not ours to just make flippant comments about. Nor are God's children, nor are God's offices meant to be that way. So, this attitude pervaded in the home, and it was parental delinquency. And whatever it took, there must have been some discussion, and these children, maybe they began to sing songs. Go up, all that, go up. So it's two things. It's mocking the translation of Elijah, and two, it's mocking a physical feature. But even Billy Paul would say how one time Brother Branham had the toupee and he just made fun of it, and Brother Branham walked away. He says, Brother Billy, he said, the Lord didn't like that. So that's the first thing. The second thing, Elisha sees them coming, 42 children. Elisha, a prophet of God. 
Elisha with the word of God. Elisha where God answers it, but he took a wrong spirit. He took an angry spirit. Is it possible in the message to take a wrong spirit? Absolutely. Sympathetic, anger, whatever it is, it can go the wrong way. And, and he spoke, and he says, and two bears came out and tore those children to pieces. God honored the word, but Brother Bannerman would say, that wasn't God. That was an angry prophet. God help us that we don't get a wrong spirit on us. Give us the right spirit. Not just masculinity, not just that, but give us the respect. Give us, oh Lord, because I'm coming to it in a future service. Give us the respect that you are Lord, and I'm just down here. And I don't have a say in the matter. It's you that is Lord of overall. Amen. I'm going to stop there. Let's have the musicians come. We'll, we'll just stop. I'm going to read one more, one more quotation. This is out of the message, Oneness. And Brother Branham would, would talk about it. And I, I think that's a wonderful message if you want to listen to it. But Brother Branham would say this, and he says, What is it, friends? I'm persuaded that many of us have received the Holy Ghost. But we don't want to receive enough Holy Ghost in us to get to a place where we don't want to lie, we don't want to steal, we don't want to do any, anything. But God wants to fill every fiber of his church. He wants to fill your thinking. He wants to fill your mind. He wants to fill every bit of you just make you completely, totally dead to yourself and your thinking. So surrendered till his words just living through you. You don't know anything but God's word and you stay right there. And if you get to that place, what's he done? He is showing himself alive among you, confirming his word. The kingdom of God is God's word made power. Where? In you. In us. Amen. Let's stand together. Let's sing that chorus again. More of you, more of you. We sang it at the beginning. More of you. I need more of you. For I've had it all. But what I need is more.
आधा 